0: Voice of Fintech.
1: Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech Africa series. I'm Rudi Fala, the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors, incumbents and ecosystem hub leaders from Africa. And this episode is hosted by Patrick.
0: Welcome to the Voice of FinTech podcast. In this episode, we feature another one of Africa's success stories an African based FinTech company that provides payment infrastructure for global merchants and payment service providers across the continent. From its foundation in 2016, Flutterwave has consistently grown its reach across the continent and its reputation as a respectable company valued at over a billion dollars. Our guest, Eliza Fan Mouko, is their East Africa lead and is here to tell us about FlutterWave's mission in the region and more. Welcome, Eli, and how have you been today?
1: Thank you, Patrick. I'm doing very well. Um, Excited to be here today to talk more about payments and what FlutterWave's
0: contribution is in this market. So excited. Thank you. Awesome. Would you... Be able to broadly introduce us to yourself, maybe describe your journey into the fintech world and how you ended up in your current role at Flutterwave? Yes, I can. So, today I call myself a recovering banker because having worked
1: in banking, I started my my journey in banking, worked for five banks across the stuff. We started in customer service, money transfer, went to product development to talking about solutions for customers. I've always believed that the only way in this market to be able to do things is just gi- giving solutions that are able to resolve the friction in payments. So be it you're charge and you wanted to do contributions, how can you be able to do that without asking what's your pay bill number only, or when you you need a, a, a bid key machine, or when you beat a school, do you have to queue at the bank and then go, you spend one hour, two hours at the bank, and then you spend another five hours at the finance before you do your exam. So those are some of the things that always um, excited me to find solutions to once. Having worked in banking, then I, with the experience that I got, then I got myself into Flutter with and the vision for Flutter with, the way it is today, simplifying payments uh, for endless possibilities across Africa, building one API, that runs from north to south, west to east. Making conversations easy, making customers be able to pay using any method they want to, that excited me. And that's how I got myself into FinTech. And it's been an amazing journey, uh, translating payments for my customers across East Africa and, and, and beyond.
0: That's a nice story. Um, I guess that background in, in, in customer service and your understanding of the customer experience aligned with Flutterwaves for payments. Moving a little deeper, would you be able to share what Flutterwaves strategy for the region in specific would be because I can imagine it's no no simple feat to go against more established players like M-Pesa? How, in your opinion, what does it take to just go against some, you know, a competition like M-Pesa in the region? And what, what's your unique uh, strategy for the region? And what what do you think Flutterwave can offer that other players in the region are not offering? Thank you, Patrick. One thing
1: uh, I want to bring forth is that we we are not in competition with anybody. What we build is a payment infrastructure. Uh, what that means is that whether you are Impesa, whether you are uh, an fintech company, you can be able to ride on what we build. Today, our solution, remember when I started my introduction, I talked about we are building, we we are simplifying payments for endless possibilities. To us, payments means whether you're paying using M-Pesa or whether you're using MTN in in Ganda, whether you're using Tigo Pesa in in Tanzania, or be it Zambia or whichever market that you are in, whether Ethiopia, you're using your Amole wallets, all these payment options, we bring them together. The unique thing about Flutterwave is that with one payment API, we bring all these payments. So a customer, let's say you want to buy something, you have a choice to make. If you want to pay using m you will be able to pay using m If you want to use, use your card, you can be able to use your card. If you want to use PayPal, you can be able to use PayPal. All of these have been put together on one platform. So it it usually makes it easier for customers, especially the ones who want who are selling, to be able to sell. I don't know, Patrick, if you've ever been to a shop and then you see a pay bill number for Impressor, you see a pay bill number for Airtel, and then there's a PDQ machine, and then there is press selling and all these other things. All those things are confusing. So what we did is just bring all this one into one and then you can be able to check up. Yeah. Going to... Uh, the strategy. The question you ask about the strategy. So we see East Africa as one of the key markets for flutterweb because, first of all, my, majority of the market there, uh, you, you have a lot of people coming in for tours, tour, as tourists. Then, how can you be able to uh, enable somebody coming from North America to to Kenya and make his or her uh, payments uh, frictionless without wondering that, that person wherever they are when they're booking? how can I be able to use my my MX card? And if my card is in Euro, can I be able to pay that without wondering? And if you have a merchant, I will tell in the in, in, in and they're thinking about a lot of customers coming from China, can I be able to have Alipay on, on my dashboard? And can I be able to get these customers coming in? You have schools. I, the majority of our people usually send kids to uh, schools abroad, how do you pay school fees? And then that is where the partnerships that we have with the various organizations, including Flywire, comes in and you can be able to do this. So the, the, the strategy for East Africa is to ensure that we can be able to help all the businesses, be it schools, churches, be it uh, hotels, be it anybody who banks other fintech companies to use our infrastructure to make payments easy for them. And we've seen these changing conversations every day. Uh, You have a company that is, uh, they want to go to Uganda and they don't have to worry about all the logistics or the, 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 the issues that they will have to create a company to be able to go all the way to MTN, to Airtel for them to, get to start receiving payment. The only thing that they need to do is as long as uh, they have an account with Flutterwave in Kenya, they expose GX and they, they start receiving all these things that are I, I received, all the currencies that are in this country. So those are, those are the, some of the things that we are doing and we are excited about.
0: That sounds good. Yeah, you mentioned partnerships like MasterCard, like Alipay. Just moving forward, would you be able to like tell us more about or describe the mix of partnerships? Is it literally... Anybody, or do you have maybe partners who help in acquiring, like MasterCard, and then partners who help in issuing on the merchant side? Who would you encourage to partner with Flutterwave for you to be able to deliver on your mandate? Like, is it small businesses you're targeting? Is it medium sized enterprises? Is it a large organizations? All of the above? And how do those partnerships lug into this infrastructure that you guys have built? So Patrick, payments industry for it to
1: become of age, you need partnerships and collaborations. So if you look at uh, what Flutterweave has been able to do to be able to power the likes of Uber, Netflix and Facebook and all these other companies, Microsoft that we have, it's because we've been able to come to the market and partner. Partnership uh, from, you need a bank. How do you get a bank as your partner? You need a telco. How do you partner with Safaricom? How do you partner with MTN? For example, so recently we were able to roll out MTN a partnership across Africa. be it Airtel. All these partnership are all geared towards changing the conversations in the market. So we don't be sure which partner to bring on board. We we look at we sit down with the partner and say, this is my vision. How do you what do you want to do? to change the conversation, to, to make payments easy for people across the markets. So if Safaricom wants to do X, Y, Z, then we also feel that vision also marries with our vision with partner. And I can tell you the greatest thing that ever happened in fintech or in payment industries, the partnership and collaborations that have been there and what today successes are about uh, partnerships. So if you go to who want to support. So we have various products, right? Our products range from products that work for enterprise customers. So be it uh, you you want to receive payments. So we have what you call Flutterway for Business. This enables you to be able to receive payments from customers and also payout to your your vendors. It also enables you to issue virtual cards if you want to issue virtual cards and a company wants to issue virtual virtual cards to its staff members. Or you, you want to issue invoices to your customers. So all these products have been brought in together to be able to, Make it easy with one login, you can be able to work for enterprise customers and businesses. But then you also have majority of our people are into SMEs. So then how can you be able to have a small businesses? Remember, Patrick, back in 2020, ma- March, we had COVID. And majority of the people, for example, in the cities of Nairobi, there was COVID and lockdown. These same people were used were selling shoes, clothes, clothes, and all these things that they were selling on the road and their sheds. They cannot be able to do that anymore. So we went back and looked at what can we be able to do for this very key sector of our economy across the markets in in, in Africa. And we that's when we created what you call wave stores. Flutterwave stores enables. Customers to be able to put their products online. The same, uh, you, you can put your product pictures. You can be able to do the sizes. You can be able to do the the pricing you want. The varieties you want? And this, if somebody, so Patrick, you want to go to uh, somebody selling shoes, they can be able to choose size whatever you you wear. And then you say, I want this to be delivered to the location. Let's say you want it to be delivered to Kiambu, for example, for those who are in Kenya. So what we did there, then we partnered with a logistic company that can be able to do that across the markets that we are in. So what we've done there, we've simplified payments. As much as you're on lockdown, you can still sell things from your house without thinking about getting a website or getting into buying yourself some of the websites that or or marketplaces that you have to pay every month or every year on your payments, ours is free. So, those are the things that we look at and say, this is going to change the market uh, the way it is for our customers. Then, if you're an individual and you want to have to send money to me, Patrick, my my phone number is open. You can use Butter. Or you can want to send somebody to your friends from Uganda. You can be able to do that. So, that that is where Butter product comes in. So, our products range from high end customers to individuals and in between there, we have products or banking services, service, FinTech as a service, and so many other products that we always turn out, depending on what exactly is happening in that market and what the customers mean for us to, to give them, be it treasury products or any, And think about any product and we will be able to have it. Because to us, we are building an, a payment infrastructure that can be able to change the conversation across uh, the markets.
0: That's interesting. I think it, it really does come across as an all under one roof kind of service offering. But what I'm really interested in uh, following that is why is it so important for Flutterwave to support small businesses? Looking at the history of the organization, I think SMEs have been quite an important pillar of Flutterwave's growth. And as much as you're trying to target others other segments, it, it really goes without saying that Flutterwave's focus is on supporting Africa's burgeoning small business sector, SME sector and MSME sector. Why is it really important? And how does that tie into the vision that Flutterwave is setting out to achieve?
1: You need to go back, Patrick, to uh, history. So, sub Saharan Africa, or Africa has. Uh, market. Uh, It's one of the fastest growing digital payments. Um, But what is funny about that, we have the largest population of underbanked and and, and unbanked in the world. So remember our vision was to set out uh, to bridge the gap, building a digital infrastructure that can provide a variety of payment services to African businesses through one API software. But then if you are to build this product and say you're targeting enterprises, how many enterprises do you have in Africa? Majority of, the, of our people are SMEs. And mm. we believe that if you were able to power SMEs, you're powering Africa. You're able to, to change the conversations. So imagine that a, a lady in the streets of Nairobi, uh, Patrick, who was selling shoes. This lady is feeding our family, right? Okay. But then there is COVID, COVID happens. This person has not been able to, to sell. And now with Flutterwave, that person can be able to, or Flutterwave stores, you, the, the, the lady can be able to sell our products on Flutterwave stores and can be able to put it on our WhatsApp um, status without saying me" for pricing because the pricing has already been taken care of. Right? Without putting it on, even if you put it on Instagram, you can be able to get all the, call to action has already been taken care of. So what that means is that lady can be able to sell and be able to feed the family. And that changes the conversation. That brings up the economy. If you, if, if you be able to empower the SMEs to be able to digitize that market, at the end of the day, what you have done is that you've changed your uh, brothers and sisters and the economy grows and Africa emerges to or be where it's supposed to be, as opposed to a lot of people suffering. So that's our vision of changing the conversation, feeding our families, bringing in business. Did you know, Patrick, that today you can have somebody in Uganda who is selling matoke, but then somebody in Kenya will be importing matoke from another, without knowing across the border, maybe two, two kilometers from where you stay, somebody has supplies. But then, because you have, you, there's no connection. We we've not built a marketplace where uh, somebody who has a surplus can be able to tell stories about what they have. Then uh, this person will end up having this spoiling uh, because of they don't know how to sell it. So those are the things that we were looking at, and we wanted to change for us. And and it's our SME market is very key. Apart from the growth for the company, it's also uh, for as as an an African company to be able to change
0: the lives of our people. I think that's that's quite on point. Talking about Flutterwave infrastructure, bridging those value chain gaps for small businesses around. And would you walk that small farmer or a small trader in food, the foods business, would you walk them through the process of onboarding onto Flutterwave's plug and play infrastructure so you have take the example of maybe not a kiosk but a whole wholesale foods vendor in nairobi who's um, supplying kiosks around the neighborhood and uh, they need a more effective way to collect payments how would they go about getting onto your uh, platform so our
1: onboarding process is pretty easy. So what we've done is that we've made it easy for people to go online and register your account. So you go to flatterwave.com. Flutterwave.com, you click, click uh, create an account. And then it will ask you to fill in. Uh, what. So if, if it's a business, registered business, it will ask you to do Patrick Awori Limited. And then it will ask you the KYC, the normal... KYC, what's your name, what's your IDs, and then it will ask you to upload the registration document. So, let's say if you're a registered company, it will ask you for the certificate, or if you are not, if you're an individual, then it will you will ask for your ID and carry pin. I'm using Kenya as an example. And then, our system backend, what you've done, we've partnered with other organizations, they will check through is this Patrick, with Patrick legit. Is the ID genuine and, and all those things. And then after that, it will ask you to use your phone number. It'll, you put your phone number and then it send you an OTP to get to know that the phone number you're using is genuine. And mm-hmm. then after that, you log in. You're able to log in, set your password and you log in. And if, if you're an, an individual, then uh, you'll be able to create a store. Uh, the store will be able to, uh, it's the easiest way actually. So you don't no no website is required for you, you just set up and put your product. Like I said earlier, you, okay. you, you, you one of the features of our store is that allows you to list a product with multiple variants, the size, color, weight. You can be able to inventory management. So you can be able to know when the products that you have have been about to finish. So you can be able to replenish your, your stock, enable you to receive both transactions, local transactions and international, including PayPal. So it's easier to, for you to have all these products there. You can be able to use, use this product on either web or mobile. And then you can even give discounts to your customers. And remember our payment gateway, this PCI DSS level one uh, certified and we have so many other certifications that we work every day to ensure that we. all the guys who are thinking bad things from Juja have been taken care of. Yeah, because we build in inbuilt fraud management system where we have our system uh, and team is proactively uh, checking on the transactions, where they're coming from, which transaction doesn't make sense and things like those. Yeah, so it's pretty easy to uh, uh, create an account. And as you can create an account today, and in um, two minutes, you start uh, receiving payments. And that is what differentiates Flataway from the rest, because we don't believe in giving you coming with papers and then for somebody has to sign, and then somebody has to sign somewhere, because we build all this system um, to be able to check the authenticity of the, 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 the documents that you're sharing.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying that this sort of virtual marketplace infrastructure that you've built is reducing the barriers or eliminating some of the barriers to entry for small businesses and small business people and reducing their costs and barriers, the, the barrier to entry in general and putting them to work real quick. You're creating employment opportunities or a self-employment opportunity?
1: Yes. So remember, let me tell you what happens. If you want to sell something online, okay, today you want to sell something you have to open. So for you to open a shop, you're going to have to find a building, pay rent, pay all these things that are supposed to be paid. You're going to go to city council or whatever, the the, uh, regulations or licenses that you need for that shop to happen. But then the thing is, you have to pay electricity and all these things. Imagine the cost. However, if somebody is in another country, uh, <laughs> there's no way they can walk in because your your shop depends on walk-ins, right? Or the people who know where you are this, you just have to walk into that shop. But now what we've done, we've changed that conversation. You moved you from that shop. You don't need to pay anything to create a, a store for you. You just create it and then put all your products there and somebody in Rwanda can be able to buy it from you. You so what we've done is that we've moved the barriers to entry, so you don't need to be in, in Rwanda. You, in the same way people buy in Amazon, you can have your own Amazon powered by Flutterwave uh, free of charge, so you don't have to worry about the subscriptions. So those are some of the things that we've built and removed all the friction and the costs that SMEs are currently facing. So it's easier for you to sell something. Let's say you have avocados and you want to sell somebody who is in, in Nigeria they just need to go to your store. You can share the, with them the link or they can be able to search it online in, uh, on, on Flutterwave stores and all the market, Flutterwave marketplace where it has all the businesses. So they will be able to see the products, and then they can start purchasing. Thank God with the technology and the logistic partnerships that we have, your products will be delivered anywhere you are in the world.
0: That's, that's quite exciting. Say I'm a shopkeeper. I would want to know, this sounds too good to be true. I would want to know what's in it for you. So would you like to just maybe clarify on your business model? What, how do you charge your revenue or do you not collect revenue and, and so on? Just, I would want to know how you make money. If you're making life so easy. First of all, we, we money, money. When, when you make money,
1: you make money. So first of all, we have to uplift the lives of, uh, of our people. So we do not charge maintenance fee. We don't charge, what call it, all these fees that people usually get charged when they they are using their products. We only charge per transaction. So when a customer buys, that's when you get charged. So there's a percentage that we agree with merchants, and it's very minimal. That takes care of the partners that we have. And you're good to go. So we don't really spend time on annual fees, subscription fees, all those other things. Or if you, you can have your store and you, not, you don't have customers this week. Nobody from Flutter will charge you. Or you can have your store and you have the businesses every day. We, can, we only get charged when that uh, transaction happens. So, so
0: that is how we make our money. Mm, thanks for that. Thanks for that. That, that really... Um paints a picture clearly. And um, just moving away from this a little bit, in, in your opinion or from where you sit at Flutterwave, what other problems still remain to be solved in the African uh, you know, or East African payment space that you think that other stakeholders that are listening to this show might be able to now come in, hearing what you've already achieved or what you're already offering, how can other players, stakeholders, perhaps a regulator, perhaps a competitor, or perhaps a partner of yours, can, can, what other gaps could you identify for them to to plug so that you guys can really even multiply some of your achievements?
1: So I I want to answer that question this way. Today, uh, we started saying that we have competition, Africa, and these markets still, if you look at the market, we're still not doing anything, right? Because yeah. cash is still king. Majority of these transactions are still king. If somebody will send you mobile money to, to your phone and Patrick, you can bear me witness, what they will do, if you send somebody money right now, they will, you send them, let's say 10,000 Kenya shillings. What they will do, they will go to a Mpesa agent and withdraw that and then go to a supermarket and then pay using. So there's a lot of opportunity for us to be able to fight cash as opposed to fighting among ourselves. I I, I usually say that I don't see competition. I only see players who are trying to bake the cake. We will fight about the slices thereabouts. So to, after we bake the cake and, and fought against cash, we have a lot of individuals who are still paying cash. So what can we do to be able to digitize that? So, the people who are thinking about this market, what solutions are you bringing on board to be able to move people from as opposed to going digital? Then you have um, a to industry that needs to, majority of this transport industry that needs to be digitized. What can be done? Uh, what kind of solution do we build to, so we can partner with the governments to be able to digitize that? We have the insurance industry that is also has a lot of, it depends on only bank transfers, what kind of other things that we can do to be able to bring people to take more insurance products. So those are some of the things that people need to discuss and see which solution works for what sector and how can we partner. Like I said earlier, our ours is to build an infrastructure. For anybody who builds and my listeners who who build a, um, a solution and they want to partner, please come. We'll sit down and say, this is your product you build. How can we partner together? What what sector are you looking at?
0: And payments live twice. Uh, your solution will power Interesting. it. Interesting. It sounds all sensible to me and reasonable to me. But I wonder why cash is still king. Even since I got in, we've been trying to win the war against cash but what happens if cash is the culture and we need to just rethink how to approach this but that's a conversation for another i'm sure we can get another opportunity to get into this into the metals of of this it sounds reasonable to me that there's the pie is large enough for for
1: yeah so the pie is large enough so there is one thing that uh we need to think about uh, think fintech industry Majority of the people probably prefer cash because they feel like they were, you know, those uh, guys, when you buy something online and then what you've ordered and what was delivered is not the same. Those memes that are always on social media. How can you, so how can you be able to bridge if you're selling something and what you're bringing, uh, you're delivering is the same, the confidence levels. And then the the solutions that we are building must reliability, and, and and easy to use. So when you're building a solution, you need to be thinking about what the customer wants. But majority of the products that are built in the world or in Africa or East Africa, people usually sit on a boardroom and come up with a solution without thinking about the customer. That is why majority of our products, when we come up with them, we get feedback from the customer. The, their custom, the customers are the ones who say, I need this kind of product because it will solve a b c d and then for those products that are if you purchase something on flataway we, we 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 last year we launched what you call flataway payment protection promise where mm-hmm. whenever you shop and see a Flutterwave logo we want you to feel confident and secure in your choice so mm-hmm. what that means is that we guarantee that uh, we give you a guarantee that you, makes you feel if you purchase something and that Thing that you purchased is faulty or damaged or doesn't match what was listed, then we will refund your money back. Right. So those are some of the initiatives that we put in place and our promises that if you you, 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 you feel like this purchase you've done doesn't make sense, then you get refunds. If that was to be done by everybody, everybody go online and then you can be able to fight
0: with cash. Uh, but as long as all these issues are there, Akashi will still be king. So you're not just building a tech infrastructure, but you're building a trust infrastructure to streamline payments for these merchants. Yeah, moving away from that, we've heard some people out there saying that the sector is getting overheated, so much money flowing in. And take an example of Nigeria, you've heard the figures, unicorn after unicorn, including yourselves. Others argue that we're just getting started. This is just a discount on the future, quote unquote. It's about time, they say. As one of these, as being as part of this debate, Flutterwave, being a unicorn, raising so much money, about to raise your next billion, what's your take on the trends in venture capital funding into Africa, broadly? It's an open-ended question. You can answer it however you want.
1: Yeah, so first of all, we just, the market is, like we talked about earlier, the, the market is opening up. We need to... The cash is still king 70% or more of the transactions are still being transacted on m or not m on cash. So how then can you be able to come up with so many of these trans products that can be able to change? Be it, you're doing lending, you're doing logistics, you're doing whichever thing that you're doing. So the market is still young. And you will continue seeing a lot of VC funding coming into the continent because this is the market. This is the future. This is the frontier right now. Africa is the place where we remember mobile money, for example. It's on in Africa that everybody knows about mobile money. And we are ahead of the world. Other people follow us. So I just think that the trends signify that Africa is coming of age and we are ready to take over the world. So, for example, look at Flutterwave. For example, we are an African company that is going to the world. Uh, we able to do more than 30 plus countries in Africa. We able to do transactions in, in America, in North America. being South, we're doing Asia and all these other markets. So, all this growth that we are doing uh, means that the market is still there for you today. We still have friction, right? Remember, the friction is still there. We still have... Uh, issues here and there. So those will continue happening. And this to me is the beginning. You yet to see a lot of unicorn coming in and thank you for uh, your wish for us to become billion uh, valued very soon. (laughs) With with your help and everybody's
0: help, we can be able to do that through partnership. You've made a pretty good argument that Africa's problems are big and, and you guys are going for the big problems head on. So I see no reason why not. You should be able to raise big money. But for another entrepreneur out there listening to this episode, what are some of the important considerations for raising capital as an African entrepreneur, as an African business or company to take it, follow your lead? What are some of the things that might be necessary, but maybe These guys are just missing and just a tip for them to say, hey, make sure your numbers, your commercials are in order. Make sure your story is tight and so on. In your opinion.
1: I I just think that uh, we we should go out there without uh, really uh, putting the customer center of everything so if you develop a product that is supposed what what is the problem that you're solving if they if you identify the problem you start with the the issue the problem that is facing people and then you come up with a product then that product can be able to appeal to anybody you want to sell it to or be the business or be the customer but if you start with the product and then to the issue that it resolves. And that is the problem that I see a lot uh, with, with the product the solutions that we have in the market. So I, I just think that we need to package our products in a way or solutions that think about these. So I don't know, Patrick, if you know that there are people who usually see one problem and think that this that problem ha- affects a lot of people. We need to do a lot of research, right? We need to look at, uh, you, you want a product that will affect Tanzanians, what are the issues talk to the tanzanians and get to know what are the pain points don't think that the product that is working in uganda will work in tanzania go to tanzanians and then have a sit down with them and then just come up with that product and then that product it really takes care of the issues that are facing them that product will become the best and you will get you attract all the suitors that you need And, and and that is what i will advise all the people Uh, my listeners.
0: So that's to identify the problem and the problem might not be the same for all markets and secondly also to put the customer at the center of the solution. Is that what you're saying in in summary? Yes,
1: yes. That's that's a very good summary.
0: And I would agree. So thanks for that. And as we conclude would you have any other advice for your peers in fintech or someone looking to Join the industry as a career, just like you did, from banking background into fintech. There might be others listening to this episode uh, who might want to know a thing or two about your experience and what you just a parting shot for our audience that might be not covered in this episode.
1: Thank you, Patrick. So I always advise the people want to start a career in fintech or the people who are already there. All the things that are happening in FinTech is about hard work and working smart, actually. So you have to spend a lot of time to understand what the market is giving. You have to study. You have to spend your time reading what what is happening in other markets. How can you be able to bring that solution here? And that solution then does it really makes sense for our market. If you are not well informed, then you cannot be able to make it in FinTech. What will happen is you will be bringing in your knowledge. Not those people who think that I, I went to school and I know everything. That is not enough. They put work day in, day out. That's what you will be able to change the conversation for, uh, for you to be able to make it in, in this industry. And also uh, spend time to get to have conversations like your platform, Patrick. You can be able to get to understand what are the leaders talking about, the people who've been there, what are the issues they've been facing, how can how they resolve them from experience. Like I said, when we started Newton, said you can only be able to see the future if you stand on the shoulders of the giants and the giants are already there. How can you be able to get the knowledge from them? And this is how you can be be
0: able to make it. That's quite inspiring. And we've talked about everything from describing Flutterwave's product offering or the scope of, of what Flutterwave does. We've talked about how to get into the ecosystem or to get on the infrastructure and take off as a business person, as a kiosk out there. If you are struggling with how to set up, we've talked about what other challenges exist in the market. We've talked about investment and how to raise, and uh, I really appreciate what you've what you've contributed to these questions. But in case somebody out there wants to continue this conversation with you, Eli, how can they reach you outside of this platform? Your, your social media, if you're active on that, or your direct email, or even just something enterprise-related and and a contact for the organization and so on. Would you be kind to share?
1: Yeah, 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 okay. You can always reach me on my email address is elizafan at flatterwavego.com. That is elizafan at flatterwavego.com. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn at Elizafan And we can have the conversation uh, continuing. And I will be looking forward, Patrick, to having more of these conversations
0: and, and, and helping people. And we truly appreciate your time and your uh, presence on our show. You, you've said really powerful things about the pie being large enough. And you've said powerful things about, you have just a, generally a glass-half-full approach to to the business and to Africa. So we look forward to following your progress in the region of East Africa and generally in the continent globally. And uh, we thank our audience for tuning in to this episode. And uh, please stay tuned to Voice of Fintech going forward. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast.